Um, this may be the hardest podcast I've ever had to record. Um, so if you hear me taking a lot of pauses, I'm just trying to keep it together. Uh, the title of this podcast is going to be uh, Dealing with Grief, How to Move Forward. Uh, so, let's get to it. Inside Julius's mind. <clears throat> so, I... I guess the best way to start a story is to tell it from the beginning. Um, and then, you know, put it together piece by piece as you go. Um, this is not a happy story. It has happy moments, but Overwhelmingly, this is a very sad story. This may be the most depressing podcast you've heard from me. Um, on July 25th of 2020, um, no, let me go back. Uh, July 26th of 2020. My dad um, sent me and my other siblings a text uh, letting us know um, that somebody at his job had uh, tested positive for COVID-19. Um, he didn't talk too much about it. Um, this type of person my dad was. Um, but, um, he was, even in that moment, he was telling his kids to be safe. Um, July 28th, he got tested for COVID-19, and after his testing, they had him uh, quarantined for 14 days. Um... And um, it went from bad to worse overnight. Um, August 1st, my dad was admitted to the ICU. Um, uh, he was put on a ventilator 
and my dad living in Louisiana, he was by himself. Uh, this is a reoccurring theme with COVID-19. I know there's a, a lot of other families that story sounds exactly the same as this one. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to put you in the place of my point of view from August 1st all the way up until um, the end. So August 1st, my dad is admitted to the hospital. It was not looking good. Um, it's an uphill battle. He finds out that well, they find out, the hospital finds out that he is a diabetic. Uh, and if you know anything about COVID-19, any pre-existing conditions that you may have, it lessens the chances of you being able to fight through. Um, He can't reach out to anybody. He can't call anybody. Um, but this is what's going on. August 5th, uh, he's at 50-50. Okay. Uh, it can go either way. August 6th, me and my wife, we go to Austin, Texas for a vacation. Um, you know, me believing that my father is getting better. You know. August 7th, we're in Austin. Austin, Texas, we're relaxed. We're not doing anything. You can't do a lot of stuff. Uh, so we're adhering to the mask and so on and so forth. And, uh, you know, we're just praying, you know, my siblings, my family, you know, we're all praying, you know, praying for the the best, trying to be positive. Um, August 8th, uh, me and my wife, we decide while we're in Austin, she, she likes to go to Austin. So while we're in Austin, um, she takes me to Mount Bonnell and, um, We uh, hike or do a little trail walk, and uh, everything is, you know, normal. Um, from the hike, my wife lets me know. Um, that we are expecting our first child. 
I'm excited. It's exciting. Um, I'm going to give you guys a time and I want you to remember this time. My wife tells me um, that we're expecting our first kid uh, at around 11.51 a.m. She recorded, so there's a GoPro that we have that she recorded on. She got my reaction and everything. Um, so we're both happy, you know, crying and, you know, just excited. You know what I mean? Um, so we're leaving Mount Bonnell. We're going back to our hotel room. And we stop and grab something to eat because we're hungry. We're going to get something. Uh, we're going back to the hotel. And uh, as we're back at the hotel, we're just sitting, relaxing, chilling, you know, the normal stuff. And... Um, my... Uncle Demetrius called and let me know that my uh, my dad didn't make it. <sighs> so it was as if the my entire world stopped. It was as if my whole life had been turned upside down. Um, I couldn't breathe. I don't know if it was a um, shock but I was um, hyperventilating and it took me some time to uh, get my air back. Now he called and told me first. So it was my duty to call my siblings and let them know what had happened. But at that time, I was not in the place to call my youngest sister to let her know uh, that our um, that our dad didn't make it. So my wife
called my sister and uh she told my sister um what had happened um and I'll never forget the scream that my little sister let out. And it kind of, uh, it jerked me back to reality. Um, that I couldn't just, you know, focus on myself. I had to, uh, be an older brother. I called my older sister. I called, um, You know, my older brother and I let them know that, you know, Pops didn't make it. From that time up until one o'clock, one thirty. We had to go get my sister from Houston. Um, so we checked out of our hotel, left Austin, started driving to Houston because I feel like it was only right. Um, so we pick up my sister from Houston, you know, we sat there, we talked to some of my cousins, my uncle, my other, my uncle, my, uh, my dad's other brother. And, uh, we started to plan what was next. Um. So we drove from Houston back to Fort Worth where I live, my wife lives, and where my mom lives. And um, and we had to figure out what, when we were gonna leave to Louisiana to you know, close up my dad's affairs. Um, the reason why, I think in any scenario, this would have been painful. I think in any situation, this would have been painful. Uh, but what made this ex so painful to me is just two weeks three weeks maybe, before all of this happened, 
my dad was starting to make breakthroughs with uh, a therapist. He was starting to make growth with the therapist. And in minority, in the minority culture, blacks, Hispanics, it's looked on, it's looked down upon to go to a therapist. But for me, somebody who believes 100% in therapy working, seeing my dad go, it was. What's the word I'm looking for? It was. Relaxing, knowing that he was working towards not just building himself up mentally, spiritually, you know, physically. He was doing everything to become a better person. And it was beautiful to watch because as a as a son, your dad is your first hero. Um, the day of my wedding, my uh, I'm an emotional mess. Anybody can tell you. And having my dad there. Um, Helped me a lot. It uh, it um, I think one thing I wanted the most is hearing that your dad is proud of you. You know, I'm proud of you. You know, like it's yeah. That's the thing that you know that matters the most. And uh, him, me hearing him say that to me is, is amazing. Um, but bringing it back, um, we planned our trip to drive to Louisiana, and uh, you know, we make that drive, and I tell all of my family members, um, uh, I come I go to Louisiana very 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 far and few between. It's not that I don't love my family, it's just I just can't be there long. So in my head, my dad's funeral was planned for the following Saturday. 
because with COVID, you have to move fast. We get there on Tuesday. And um, we have to go to his apartment. I'm a very analytical thinker. I look for details. I look for the small things that people may miss. When I walked into my dad's apartment, I saw how he died. It was clear as day. It was extreme dehydration um he was coughing in a cup and when he was coughing phlegm and blood was mixed into it His glasses were still on his bed. Um, food that he had bought was still in the bags. It was it's hard to see. It was really hard to see. Um, So, after all of that, Sorry. We had to go through his funeral. And I hadn't seen him um, since we, we, we hadn't seen the body. Uh, we hadn't seen anything. And I thought, when I saw him, that I would be. Okay, you know, um, but seeing you're a mm. Superman not get up, it does something to you mentally. Um, it makes you deal with your own mortality. Um, and I lost it. Um, I couldn't handle it. I couldn't handle seeing my dad not here. Me and my dad's relationship, my, he was um, he was my voice of reason. He always knew the exact thing to say. 
He always knew what I needed to hear, when I needed to hear it. That is what I am missing the the most. I um I text my dad back on the weekend of July fourth and I just told him Hey Pop, uh I'm just feeling a little overwhelmed. And not even two minutes after me sending that text, he called me. And he said, hey, you don't have to feel like that. You do what most people wish they could do. Stay patient. Say, so, yeah, I know, Pop, it's just... Sometimes I, I get into my own head. He says, stay out of there. Focus on what you can see. Not on the stuff that you think might happen. I say, yeah, you're right. And looking back now, That was the last, like, real meaningful conversation that we had. We talked every day, you know. We would FaceTime or we will text, but we talked a lot. And, um... Looking back, it's just like I need I need it now more than ever. Um, so fast forward, we do the funeral. We do all the arrangements. We gotta go. Um, we have to find something to do with his clothes, so we divvy it up between all of our siblings and you know, that's how it that's how it goes. <sighs> Got a frog in my throat. <clears throat> Sorry. So as we as we move forward, um, I know my wife. may have seen a small change in me. Um, I 
I'm going to be completely transparent. There have been nights where I've cried myself to sleep. Because I miss my dad. There have been nights, there have been days where I would just start crying because he would text me in the morning, he would text me in the middle of the day, or he would text me right before he went to sleep. And I know he won't text me because I have his phone. A person who's no longer here, his phone will tell you everything about the people that surrounded him. It will tell you everything about the people who loved him unconditionally and the people who never had his best interest at heart. I'm not on here to bash, but that's what it is. What I do know is that um, I don't know how to grieve. People have asked me how I'm doing. I tell them I'll be okay. I'll be fine. Or I'm okay. Uh... I'm not okay. I am extremely sad. And the easiest way I can explain it is my dad was murdered. And I have to watch the murderer be talked about every single day. The murderer affects my life. So much so that uh, everybody is affected by him. But I can't do anything about it. Um, Or I don't have the power to bring this person to justice. And that's what hurts the most. Every morning, every day, on work, I'm told that
you know, things are going to get better. I don't see it, but. That's what I'm told. So just basically wrapping this up, um, I don't know how to grieve. Um, I'm okay. I can't say that I'm okay. I just know there's a little human coming that I have to be okay for. Um, the way everything planned out, um, couple say we're in November now in in September I got my father's uh death certificate I also have his birth certificate um the time of my father's death if you actually paid attention and listen to this podcast. Uh, it was eleven fifty one a.m. August eighth, twenty twenty. You know how some things you just know. Um. People are asking me, you know, what do you think it's going to be? Up until the actual day of our gender reveal, I had no question that it was going to be a boy. Um, You can't destroy energy. You just... It just moves. So I know that I have a duty to let my son know about the type of person that his grandfather was. Um, I have no problem talking about my dad's death. Um, I have no problem telling people how I feel about it. My problem is that most people don't take COVID-19 serious. Um, And that's my biggest frustration. For the people that have lost family members that listen to this podcast during this time. One thing I can tell you, um, you're not alone. Sometimes it's it's better for you to just talk to yourself. Um, And what I mean by that is saying it out loud. 
what happened, what you're feeling. Because if you say it out loud, it's a weight that's being lifted from your chest. I, uh, I have an amazing support system. I have my wife. Uh, I have her family. I have my mom. You know, I have a lot of people that reached out to me to ask if I was okay. That means everything. So for the people that are going through something, they're grieving. Use the people around you to hold you up. I'm not saying that the pain will go away. It'll never go away. It's been three months since my dad passed and I feel like it was yesterday. But, uh, you know, I have things close to me that I use as a coping mechanism to kind of help me through it. Uh, I have some of his jackets. I have a hat. I have his golf clubs. I keep his golf clubs in my truck. Um, So there's things that I have and make it to where it's not as bad. I know my dad can't listen to this podcast physically, but I know as I'm recording it, he's probably listening. You know, he was one of the main reasons why I started this podcast. He was always telling me, hey, man, you know, when's another episode coming out? You got to be consistent with this. So from today, November 15th, for the foreseeable future, I'm going to be more consistent in the content that I put out. Uh, I am thinking of adding on a YouTube presence to record the podcast. I'm going to have more interviews, more of my friends come on and talk. Um, and you know, that's what's next. So I appreciate everybody listening. Um, I appreciate everybody, you know, sending out those nice words. I'm going to play my dad's, one of my dad's favorite songs as we ride out. To come with me to Charlotte today.